0: Daniel chapter 10 tonight, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 1, and Lord willing, uh, I'm going to preach one message from this tonight, uh, and then next week I'll preach another message, a different message, Um, and I'm not going to really get into it, but in Daniel 10 we see the battle of the ages, spiritual warfare, Um, and I want to encourage you tonight that just because your prayers are delayed... Uh, does not mean they're denied. Right. Daniel set himself to seek the Lord for 21 days, and, and he thought God wasn't hearing him. But the truth is that the moment God heard him, he sent, an, he sent help. But on the way to get to Daniel, there was someone that intercepted him. And I'm not going to get into it tonight, but this prince of Persia, uh, it wasn't the prince that we, we think of. It was the one behind the prince. The prince of the power of the air, and you know that's why we need to pray the more. And when we pray, we need to pray fervently and effectually, because there's evil in this world. Right. And um, I'm glad we can't see what's going on around us, and and the, the 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 warfare that's going on. But tonight, I want to look at it in a in a different way and. So I'm not going to read it for sake of time. We will look at it here in just a moment. But I want to begin reading in in verse number 10. Daniel, This is, in fact, this is the last vision of Daniel the prophet that God gave him. Beginning in chapter 10 all the way to chapter 12. And in verse number 10, the Bible says, And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel... A man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard. Amen. Amen. And I am come for thy words. Father, I pray tonight you'd help me. Lord, I pray, God, you'd fill me with your spirit. Lord, I realize tonight that, Lord, I stand as a spokesman for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, I fear at that and I tremble at that. Lord, I just have to trust you tonight that you're going to give me utterance and help me, Lord, to say what I need to say. And I'm so burdened tonight by all my friends and people I know and love that are hurting. And Lord, for everyone that I know of, there's thousands upon thousands tonight that I know nothing about. And I pray tonight you'd pre- help me preach with a burden. And I pray that as I preach, Lord, that you'd help those that are here, to receive help. Lord, you know my heart, I don't want to hurt anybody. don't want to discourage anybody. I don't want to cause anyone pain or discomfort tonight. I want to help them. But Lord, I can only help them as you help me. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help the fullness of the Spirit, Lord, to dwell in me and to dwell through me and breathe upon the words that come out of my mouth. Lord, I love you tonight. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. I want to preach tonight on a blessed meeting with a burdened man. Daniel, in this chapter, is a burdened man. He's an old man. He's over 90 years old now. And... uh, And most believe that the the remnant, the first remnant that went back was Zerubbabel to Jerusalem had already left 50,000 Jews. And the ones that left to go back were the most devout, the most spiritual, the most, uh, well... The ones that left were the most devout, the most spiritual. You know, the ones that stayed back in Babylon were the ones that liked Babylon, the ones that yeah. that learned how to love Babylon. And so you got to understand where Daniel's at. He really feels like a fish out of water. And God, and in fact, this is this is you got this is one of those things you got kind you got to work a little bit understanding this. Uh, the vision that he that, that caused what happened in chapter ten, he he elaborates on it in chapter eleven and chapter twelve. But tonight I want us to look here, and and he began to seek God's face. It bothered him what he heard and what God showed him. He began to seek the Lord, and while he was praying for twenty one days, fasting, mourning, seeking God, there was a man. That meant with him. He said in verse number 4, And in the four and twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hadakel or the Tigris River, then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man. I want you to know that this isn't just any man. It was a certain man, clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of euphaz, His body was also like the barrel and his face as the appearance of lightning and his eyes as lamps of fire and his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass and the voice of his words was like the voice of the multitude. You say, who is that certain man? Well, I want to help you with that. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 13, John saw this man. Look in verse, uh, just, I'll read it, but you stay in Daniel chapter number uh, 10. I'm going to show you something. He said, There was a certain man clothed in linen whose loins were girded with fine gold. Now, John the Revelator, now this has amazed me. John was the beloved apostle, Daniel was the beloved prophet. Three times he said, Verse 10, thou art greatly beloved. John, you know, when John, God gave him the revelation when he was over 90 years old. You know when God gave Daniel the final... Re- when he was over 90 years old. I tell you this tonight. If you've got breath in your air, I don't care how old you are, how feeble you may feel, God has something for you or you wouldn't be here. But John said this. We said that he was clothed in linen and girded with a girdle of gold. He said in John, Revelation 1.13, In the midst of the seven golds, it was one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot. Here it is. And gird about the paps with a golden girdle. Then in verse number six, he said, uh, A body like barrel, and his face is the appearance of lightning. That just speaks of the brightness of his face, and his eyes as lamps of fire. And John said this about him. In Revelations 1, he says, In his, his eyes were as a flame of fire. And then in Revelations, John said, His feet like in the fine brass. And Daniel said, uh, he said, and his, and his feet like in color to polished brass. And then John said this, and his voice, as sound of many waters. And then in chapter number 10, verse 6, Daniel said in his voice that his words were like the voice of a multitude. You can believe what you want, but I believe this. I believe John, the revelator, saw a post-resurrection glorified Jesus that appeared unto him. Amen. And I believe Daniel saw a pre-incarnate Appearance of Jesus Christ. You want me to tell you who Daniel saw? He saw the same one that old Nebuchadnezzar saw walking in the fire. He saw the same one that appeared unto Abraham, and, and, and Abraham fell down and worshiped him. This is what is called as a Christophany, a, a pre incarnate. Did you know tonight Jesus did not start being Jesus when he was born? I believe in the eternality of the Son of God. And and listen, anybody preaches anything else, that's false doctrine. He always has been, he always will be. He's the great I am. Amen. He was here before there was anything. And he'll be here after there ain't nothing. And here, old Daniel's down there, uh, burdened about the situation, burdened about uh, what's going on, worried about Jerusalem, worried about all that he had seen in those weeks and the years and the time. And Jesus come down there and met with Daniel. Amen. You know, Daniel couldn't find anybody that wanted to hear him. In, in Babylon, there was nobody left that cared about Daniel. Everyone that he could turn to had either gone back to Jerusalem or they were dead. Amen. You live to be 93 and you don't have many comrades. But oh, the Ancient of Days was there for him. Amen. And Jesus had a meeting with this burdened man. I want to talk about that night, about having a blessed meeting with a burdened man. I want, I want you to know night there's not one thing I've got in my life that a meeting with the Lord can't fix. There's no problem a church has that an old-fashioned Holy Ghost meeting with the Lord can't fix. I don't believe there's any problem a marriage has that a meeting with the Lord can't fix. I don't believe there's a problem one of these teenage boys or girls has that a a meeting with the Lord can't fix. I want you to know tonight, God's still meeting with His people. Amen? Amen. Jesus is still meeting with His children. And I believe that if we'll seek Him and search for Him and, and fall after Him and, and set our hearts unto Him and, and bow our wills unto Him, that He'll meet with us just like He met with old Daniel. I want you to see the condition of Daniel, his challenge. His challenge. Look in verse number 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia. Now we know that's how we know. The captivity had already, the 70 years was ended as far as their captivity. A thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. It's amazing they mentioned that. That's not an accident. Who gave him that name? Nebuchadnezzar. Where's Nebuchadnezzar? He's dead. Now, Belshazzar, we know that there was another man named Belshazzar. Remember? Chapter 5, he said Meka, Meka, that way the bound, and he's dead and gone. Babylon's dead and gone, but old Daniel's still hanging around. Amen. Amen. I want you to know, long after all this liberal and all this anti-God and all this anti-church and anti-Bible and anti-anything that's right, morals, anti-morality, all that, once it's gone and all their leaders are gone, the children of God are going to still be around. Bible says they're going to shine like the brightest stars forever and ever. Amen. (laughs) Anyhow. But the Bible says in verse number one, and the thing was long, was, and the thing was true, but the time was long. He understood the thing and had understanding the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I want you to see this challenge, man, his condition. Number one, you see the weeping, his weeping. He said, oh, I was mourning three full weeks. It broke Daniel's heart. It broke. I want you to know tonight Daniel may have lacked physical strength, but he was spiritually strong. I mean, tonight, it's hard for us to mourn for three minutes, but he mourned for three weeks. And oh, like Paul said though the outward man perisheth, the inward man's renewed day by day. And oh, tonight, how we ought to be broken by what we see. What was it that broke him? What was it that burdened him? It was what he saw and what he heard. And I want you to know tonight what we see and what we hear. It ought not—I mean, it ought to stir up a righteous indignation in us. But I believe that righteous indignation needs to be turned to a brokenness and a weeping. I mean, listen—I'm telling you tonight, our nation is going down and going down fast. Our 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 Constitution is disappearing. I mean, we're losing our lives our freedom as people, as citizens of this great nation that men and women have bled and died for and with this, the world that we're in is crooked and perverse and twisted and how can we not mourn when we see it? It's weeping. Then I want you to see his weakness. Verse 8, he said, I was left alone and saw this great vision. There remain no strength in me, in verse number um, 16, the last line, I have retained no strength. In verse number 17, there remain no strength in me. Now remember, Daniel is in the presence of Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that in the presence of Jesus Christ, his flesh failed him. And tonight, the Bible says, Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God uh, who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I want you to know tonight, in order for us to be spiritually strong, we've got to let our flesh die. Oh, Daniel was weak in the presence of Jesus. Uh, listen, the modern church today is trying to strengthen the flesh of its members uh, trying to make them feel better uh, trying to pump up their ego and pump up their self, uh, self uh, uh, whatever they call that perception and awareness and all this I want to tell you about myself oh wretched man that I am uh, who shall deliver me from this body of flesh I want you to know Paul said there's in me dwelleth no good thing and oh Daniel was a spiritual man I believe that uh, Daniel was a good man I believe that uh, Daniel was a godly man but brother Justin, even Daniel didn't have strength in his flesh to stay in the presence of Jesus. You know why we can't have extended meetings no more? Revival? Because people's flesh is too strong. The flesh can't stand it too much. His weakness, his wickedness though, this is interesting, verse 8. For my comeliness was turned in me into corruption. Now, there's some people that think he's talking about the situation. I don't believe that. I believe he's talking about himself. He said, but, 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 but James, Daniel, there's no recorded sin. Listen, God didn't say he was saying nothing about sin, but Daniel said something about his own sin. I want you to see this. Remember whose presence he's in Jesus. I want to help you with something. The closer I get to Jesus, the more aware. Of my sins I'll become. And the further I get from Jesus, the more aware of everybody else's sins I'll become. Isaiah in chapter 6 he said he saw the Lord high and lifted up his train to the hill and in that minute he, he said I'm a wretched man he said I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm undone he said I'm unclean lips Isaiah the prince of the prophets that holy man of God in the presence of Jehovah he said I'm nothing he said I'm not worthy and listen tonight the closer I get to Jesus and the more I'm aware of his perfection and his holiness and his, his righteousness and all that he is the more aware I am of my own sinfulness and my own corruption and these people preach all this sinless perfection I want you to know uh, the only time we'll reach sinless perfection is when we receive a glorified body uh, like unto the son of God and listen the closer I get to Jesus the more aware of my sins I'll become good way you can test how close you are to Jesus how much time do you spend on your sins and how much time do you spend talking and thinking about other sins? Wickedness. How come we're so bothered by all the other sins that it don't bother us about our sins? The closer you get, the closer you draw to Him, the closer you get into the presence of God. And, and some of them, and, and by the way, you can't separate holiness and humility. They're inseparable. The more holy you become, the more humble you'll become. And listen, you show me somebody, Paul the apostle, the older he got, the more humble he got. In one place, he said, he said, I'm the least of all of, of all the apostles. And it kept going on, and and then, then later on, he said, "I'm the chief of all sinners." When he, the closer he got to death, the closer he got to Jesus, the further he walked, the more he was aware and reminded of his own corruption. And Daniel said, I'm corrupt. He said, when I got in the presence of God, it made my, my inward corruption manifest to me. And I saw how right he was. And I realized how wrong I am. I realized how holy he is. And I realized how unholy I am. And listen to that. We need a revival of that where the preacher shouldn't have to point out Ever sin in your life, he can't do it. But I believe the preacher ought to lift up Jesus and magnify him and preach him how and lifted up. And the more we draw near to him, and the closer we get to him, oh listen, the more a mindful we'll become of our own corruption. Look at verse seventeen. I'm talking about the condition of Daniel, his challenge. He says, for how can the servant of this, my Lord, talk with this, my Lord? For as for me, straightway, there remain no strength in me. Here it is. Neither is there breath left in me. See, his wordlessness. He had nothing that he couldn't speak. He was left speechless. Daniel was silent. I wrote this down. Sometimes we just need to be silenced by the Spirit of God. Most of us have got far too much to say. We're in the presence of the Lord. And by the way, Daniel was a prophet by trade. <sighs> How many preachers do you know ever lacking for words? You know what I mean? We, we don't get in trouble for not talking. We get in trouble for talking too much. Isn't that right? Don't y'all say amen too loud. You'll hurt my feelings, Miss Mal, was that you? I'm gonna have it make, take it easy, Miss Marilyn, Miss Joanne. They were the members of the week this last week. They had the most visitors. So Daniel was a prophet; speaking was what he did. But in the presence of Jesus, he was speechless. You know, I understand the world we live in. It's a hustle and bustle, and it's a go and a do and a job. And, and 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 we're all of us are a mile wide and an inch deep as far as we've doing so much. And we're and and you know. But I'll be honest, sometimes. It'd do us all good if we just got in the presence of the Lord, just shut our mouth. Just just sat there. Daniel said, I couldn't say anything. And I know what we all, we've all said it. We sing about it, what we're gonna say when we get to heaven and what we're going But brother, brother Justin, I don't know. But if we're not all just gonna sit there and be silent, I do know I can show you we'll get there in Revelations where half a day it's quiet in heaven. There's not a word said. Oh, listen, I want you to know tonight that Daniel here, his whole life, his whole ministry was one of speaking. It was one of proclaiming. It was one of, of foretelling and foretelling. And now as a 92-year-old man, he knew more at this time in his life. He knew more. He knew more at this moment than he had ever known in his life before, but he had less to say. I want you to see this. The condition, Daniel, is challenged, but the consolation of Daniel, his charge. Verse 10, And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands and said to me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved. See how he was comforted or consoled by Jesus? Aren't you glad that we have a comforter? I'm thankful that the Lord, He is our consolation. Did you know that? He is our reward. And and that's why over there in Hebrews, I think uh, it's in uh, Hebrews... uh, Chapter 13, I believe it is. He said he said about your uh, uh being content, being content with such things as you have. And the next line he says, for he has said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. You don't know, you can't separate. You know how we can say we're content with what we have because if we have Jesus, we have all we need. Amen. Did you know that Jesus was all Daniel had? And sometimes Jesus has to be all we have till we realize he's all we need. Amen. I want you to see this, how He comforted him. Verse 11, He says, And He said, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved. Greatly beloved. You know what that word beloved means? It means desired. Desired. Daniel, Jesus said, Daniel, I want you to know God wants you. Now, think about this. You think about all the created beings that God's created, all the created things, the angels, the archangels, the cherubims, the seraphims, all that He's created, but He desires fallen sinners like us. Wicked sinners. I'm talking about But how is that? How are we desirable? It's because we've been made righteous by Jesus Christ. Daniel, listen, he said, Daniel, I know you're an old prophet, and there's not many people beating down your door these days. Asking you to come preach and prophesy, uh, he was sitting here by the by this river all alone. He said, "But Daniel, I come all the way here to tell you something. God greatly desires you." He said, "You're a beloved." He said, "But you're not only beloved." He said, "You're greatly beloved." It reminds me of John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. That's comforting, isn't it tonight? to know that even though when we don't know the answers when our hands are thrown up in the air when the wheels of our mind have turned so much they can't turn no more and we don't know where to turn or what to do don't you know this Daniel was a praying man he prayed I believe he never stopped praying three times a day even morning and noon he prayed he prayed from the time he got there to the time he come out up to the time he met he was a praying man he was a principled man he was a man of conviction a man of backbone I mean listen Daniel would not eat the meat of the That was defiled he would not eat that meat offered to idols Uh, Daniel was a persevering man over 70 years in Babylon over 70 years he persevered through storms and trials and battles and trials Uh, Daniel was a preaching man he looked Belshazzar in the eye and told him he was corrupt he was going to die but I want you to know above all that Daniel was a loved man by God (laughs) and oh listen aren't you glad that we are beloved by God he comforted him. He controlled in the book of verse 11. He says, now, the first response, he fell on his face. And John the revelator done the same thing. Ezekiel done the same thing. Isaiah done the same thing. The apostle Paul did the same thing. He fell on his face in the presence of Jesus. And then verse 10, it says, and he set, him up upon his, he set me up upon my knees. So now, he's on, the, on his hands and knees. In the presence of Jesus. But then in verse 11, he said, The words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright. From thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood. He controlled him. You say, What do you mean? When he said stand up, he stood up. That word stand upright's interesting. It means to stand in your standing. He was saying, Daniel. <laughs> Stand up. Stand up in my presence. Don't be down. You're not a dog. You're not an animal. Daniel, stand up. You're not like one of these that I've talked about. You're not like uh, these Persians. Hey, but Daniel, you're one of mine. Uh, you're one of mine. Amen. And he said, stand up. He said, stand in your stand. And listen to what we need to do. We need to stand in our standing. what I mean to say is this. My state may change from every day. I mean, our state has to do with our our, our circumstances and our daily to day life and that and our state sometimes changes and, and sometimes it's up and sometimes it's down and sometimes things happen out of our control and it throws us for a loop but thank God our standing never changes amen if you've been made right with God by the blood of Jesus Christ you'll always be right with God by the blood of Jesus Christ if you've been justified by faith you'll always be justified by faith if you've been accepted into the beloved you'll always be accepted if you were chosen before the foundation of the world you always will be chosen before the foundation of the world that word shouldn't scare it's Bible talk ahead, but thank God tonight Daniel Jesus said get up Daniel and he got up he controlled him too many times we want to lay down when God says stand up and we want to stand up when it's time to lay down it all goes back to not wanting to be controlled by the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 12. Then said me, Fear not. He calmed him. Fear not. The first time fear not mentions Genesis 15:1. It says, The Lord told Abraham, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. The last time he said, Fear not, Revelation 1:17. When I saw him, I felt his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me and said to me, Fear not, I'm the first and the last. I want you to know tonight, fear not, fear not, fear not. That doesn't mean that you're not aware of your situation, you're not aware of surroundings. But I want you to know that God's not given us a spirit of fear, amen, but of love and a sound mind. I believe we ought to be bold as lions. That's what the Bible says. We ought not to be running from the battle. We ought to be running to the battle. Amen. There's no protection for your back tonight. If you turn back in the day of battle, if you turn back in the tough times that we're in, I want you to know what we're in right now. We're in the swelling of Jordan right now. We're in the swelling of Jordan. The waters are rising. And thank God we're here for such a time as this. And Jesus said, Daniel, fear not. I want to tell you the same thing tonight. Fear not, fear not, fear not. said, he said, fear not. He calmed him. He calmed him. And I thank God for church, don't you? Man, if I didn't have church, can you imagine how, how much fear would be? And I, I, when I come to church, it just helps me. It just helps calm. He said, fear not. And he said, peace. Later on, he told him, he said, peace be unto you. He calmed him. But then he constrained him. In verse 19, he said, be strong. Yea, be strong. He said, Daniel, you're almost to the end. But I want you to know tonight, it takes more strength to finish a race than it does to start a race. And listen, tonight I believe the church of the living God's at the end of the... I believe we're getting near the last... I believe we're, around, we're almost there. Yep. I believe it. I believe with all my heart. I believe we're in the last days of the last days of the last days. Right. I believe with all my heart. I believe the author and the finish of our faith is, is, is soon to come. I believe it's going to happen. I believe it is. I do. I think, I believe with all my heart from the top of my head up to the bottom of my feet, I believe it. And what we need, we need to be strong. Yay! Be strong! Because this last mile might be the hardest mile we've ever run. Oh, listen, if by the help of God we can do it, we can do it. He said in Ephesians six ten. Finally, my brethren, help be strong in the Lord. He told Joshua in Joshua 1, 6, Be strong and have a good courage. Listen tonight. Oh, we need to be strong in the Lord. Oh, we need to take courage tonight and say, Listen, Lord, if you'll give me strength, I'll use it for you. Amen. Amen. The consolation now is charge, And I'm done. Verse 19. I'm talking about a blessed meeting for a burdened man. I believe this is what we all need tonight. I want you to see the conforming of Daniel, his change. Now, follow me. The Daniel that we enter into this chapter and meet, he's not the same Daniel you find in the last part of this chapter. What was the difference? What happened between verse 1 and verse 19? He had a meeting with the Lord. You can try to change yourself. You can try, I can, you can try to change others. I, I can try to change you. You can try to change me. But the truth of the matter is, there's only one person who can change any of us. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And you cannot be in the presence of Jesus Christ and be unchanged. Right. Look at this. And said, O man greatly beloved... Fear not, peace be in thee, be strong, yea, be strong. When he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened. and said, Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. He said, I was trembling. He was weak. He was scared. 21 days. You fast for 21 days and pray you'll be weak too. But he says, when he spoke unto me, he said, then I was strengthened. And I said, speak Lord. Yay, speak Lord. You see, this is a different man. He's still 92 year old. He's still in Babylon. There still ain't nobody there that's for him. He's he's still, I mean, as far as the world's concerned, he's still washed washed up and been put out to pasture. But oh, something happened to that ancient old man. he didn't get any younger but he got a lot stronger. he I mean listen those wrinkles didn't go straight as much as some of y'all probably wish they would. Uh, it ain't going to happen uh, you can put that cream on your head all you want uh, but listen you're just wasting money but anyhow uh, listen uh, but Daniel he didn't get any younger the situation in Babylon didn't change uh, the problems didn't change the spiritual warfare of that prince of Persia didn't change but one thing that old man of God he got something down in his heart that yeah. I meet with the Lord that made him a different man Amen. how did God change him he changed him by the truth verse 19 when he had spoken unto me I was strengthened and said let my Lord speak see I think when we get close to the Lord we won't want to hear his word less we will want to hear his word more he said, "Oh, that first word, give me strength." He said, "Speak some more. I need some more strength." Amen. Don't stop speaking, Lord. I need to hear more. I need more. Just keep on feeding me. Just keep on. I mean, kind of like Drew at an all-you-can-eat pancake buffet. Hey, just feed me more. Go ahead and put three more on there. We go to IHOP every now and again. It's a delicacy for us to get to go to IHOP. It's a rare treat. But they've got that all-you-can-eat pancake. And when they bring us out three, me and Drew say, bring us three more. And then they'll bring out them three and we'll say, bring us three more. And make sure we got more of this blueberry syrup and this maple syrup. And and whatever this other syrup because we want to try them all. We don't want to be prejudiced towards any of them syrups. We we want to use them all and we just keep eating and we keep eating and listen tonight uh, how, what would change me and change you change our church is if we had the attitude and we said Lord you spoke unto me uh, but I want you to speak again. Uh, you spoke to me on Sunday morning. Lord will you speak to me on Sunday night and then when we got out of bed on Monday morning and our feet hit the floor we said Lord I'm ready for more. The truth will change. It'll change us only if we receive it. And, I, and I'm not going to get into this, but it says that this angel touched him, and he he, he in verse 16, he said, Open my mouth. And he said, You gotta open your mouth. And too many times we got spiritual lock, you We come into church and we say, I ain't gonna be blessed, I'm not gonna get help. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna cry. I ain't gonna go to the altar. I've had a bad day. I've had a bad week. I, I, I this uh, things are going bad. I'm here and I thank God for you coming. I can't judge your motive. I'm not trying to. But I want you to know it'd be a lot better if we come in with our mouths open and said, Lord, if you'll put it in here, I'll swallow it. I, I'll take it. I'll receive it. I'll, I'll accept it. I'll obey it. I'll heed to it. I'll change my life to your word. I'll I'll mold my life to your word I'll listen to you the conformant of Daniel is changed. he was changed by the truth I'm not going to share your hand but I believe everyone in here could testify how the truth changed your life this changed my life and it's still changing my life and then he was changed by the truth but he was also changed by the touch verse 10 it says behold a hand touched me Verse 16, one like the similitude of the sons of men touched my lips. And then in verse number 18, then there came again and touched me. One like the appearance of a man. I used to hear preachers preach. When I first heard preach, they'd talk about the touch of God. I didn't know what it was. I asked Brother Willard, he said, well, it's better felt than told. I thought that really helped me. I said, well, how do you know when you have the touch of God? He said, he said you'll know and everybody else will know. Yeah. I said, well, how do you get it? He said, you got to seek after it. I said, how long? He said, as long as it takes. <laughs> but all I knew is he had it. And I knew that those men of God, the one that preached the night I got saved, he had it. And the ones that was in our camp meeting, you see, when I started preach, I asked the Lord specifically, I said, Lord, I don't just want to be no, I just, I, I want to be one of these type preachers, like one of these, oh, I want to be one of these type preachers, and Lord, I want you to make, I, and, and I just be, on uh, the first six months or you, it was very disappointing. I mean, it was, because I had in my mind preaching one way, but when I get up there, it come out a whole nother, and I thought, man, I'm going to be one of these Charles Stanley preachers, and I don't want to be like Charles, God, I mean, I mean, I got respect. He done more than I ever, I'm not knocking, I'm just saying, And that wasn't the type I wanted to be. And I can't really tell you, but I know this. (laughs) And the Lord's touched me not then but He's touched me again and again and again and I thank God I've seen Him touch my wife I'll never forget one night we went uh, we was in Bible college her and I we was courting that's what they called it over there where I come from we called it dating I don't know we didn't date because you couldn't go nowhere we ate Taco Bell at the gazebo at the Bible college that's what we did and I remember we went one night I, I mean it's just like it happened yesterday we went to uh, Valley View Baptist Church and the McGill girls were singing that night uh, and they got up to sing now my wife got saved in a girls' home, and God saved her out of a rough life and a rough past. And there was a girls' home that night, seeing, him, and they got up there and began to sing. I mean, it was one of them services where the Spirit began to move. She was sitting right next to me, and I was sitting right next to her. And before long, she—I mean, she I mean, she she flew into I mean, she, she in the, shed, I mean the ceiling out. And I said, "Oh my, this is the right one." Amen. Oh, listen, and I saw the Lord. Touch her. I've seen the Lord touch her sins. I've seen the Lord touch my children. I want you to know tonight. I'd rather see God touch my children than see them hit home runs or score touchdowns or hit three point. I like seeing that too. But I'd rather see them touch. I mean, I believe I mean, you can have both. Amen. oh, but thank God tonight. He still this ain't that a lot like Jesus. And whenever he found somebody sick or hurting, what'd he do? He'd touch them. He found somebody dead. He'd touch them. He found a leper. He'd touch them. Amen. What'd he do to those children that come to him? He touched them. He brought them up in his lap. I want you to know tonight, we need the touch of the Lord. This church needs the touch of the Lord. The only thing that makes us unique... The only thing that can make us different. All these churches are spending just buku's of money on marketing, image, me, and I know we're on that thing right there. We done had it. I mean, y'all see how good, we, how high tech we are. We can't even keep the thing upright. But I'm saying this: one touch by Jesus can do more for a church than all the money in the world spent on marketing. I want you to know, listen, you said get a fire burning in a church, people will come to watch it burn. Brother Randy's the biggest fire burner around here. Every time he starts a fire, I get phone calls. David Guthrie will call, did you see that fire Randy had going? They'll call. people will pull over on the Side the Road. Brother Randy, you don't advertise that. In fact, he'd rather people not know. That's why it burns at night sometimes. But anyhow, that's when we burn our special things. Isn't that right, Brother Randy? The things that we don't want the fuse, the people to see the colors in the cloud. But but Brother Randy don't get on Facebook and say, I'm gonna start a fire at four o'clock. Everybody come over here and watch it burn. He don't get on the internet, he don't put it on the he he's sure don't call the fire marshal and advertise him, but guess what? When he strikes the match and throws her in there, and that smoke starts rolling, when that fire starts coming out, guess what? People are pulling over. They're what you know why? There's a fire burning up there on that hill. I want you to know tonight if we'd find us a secret place somewhere and say, oh God, would you touch me again? I thank God He touched me tonight. He saved my soul. I thank God He touched me as a preacher boy. I thank God He's touched my wife. I thank God He's touched my children. But oh, that He'd take that nail pierced hand and lay it upon me one more time and lay it upon our church and lay it upon our community one more time. There'd be a change. I believe that if every one of us, and I'm the first one in line that needs it. I am. I'm the first in line. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm pointing them at me. But Chad, I think if every person in this room tonight, between now and Sunday, sought God in such a way to touch them and to put His hand on their life, that when we come in Sunday morning, we'd look around and we wouldn't even recognize each other and I believe if we had done that not just one, we're, not just for one Sunday not just for one day but we did it day after day week after 21 days Daniel sought the Lord even though the prayer was on the way he kept seeking the Lord and he kept seeking the Lord and he kept seeking Lord, if we'd do it week in and week out month in and month out year in and year out we, there wouldn't be, we could have five services and we couldn't get I believe people would come because they're going to church week after week and month after month and year after year and there's no change there's no touch people have learned how to preach they've learned how to sing they've learned how to organize and strategize and they've learned how to turn the preacher into a CEO and a businessman he can balance the checkbook he can can put together a budget he knows how to organize he knows how to do it all but he doesn't have the touch of God and I'm saying tonight Daniel was changed by the touch our children are only going to be changed by the touch of God This community is all going to be changed. By the way, God touches us so we can touch others.